fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is 1420, the Watch Clicker podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Take three. <laughs> Hi, Andrew. How are you? That was a lot of attempts. That was an unusual amount of tries to get through our introduction piece. Yeah, it's like... Uh... It's like one of those crazy days where just nothing, nothing has worked the way it should. Correct. Yeah. Fucking, I, I, is it Tuesday? Kind of my whole week was like that. Although today, today. It's only Tuesday. So for you to be talking about your whole week being <laughs> fucked up, like, I am just, I could not feel worse for a person. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Uh, no, I mean, it has felt like a fucking week, dude. It, it's because you just had a four day weekend. He, I'm sure that's got part of it. I, I mean, I came back to work yesterday. I had a trial today. So yesterday was all day trial prep, but also a week, a four day weekend's worth of emails. So yeah, there was a, it's been a week, man. It's been a week. And then I had trial today. Hooray. Hooray. Do you have more tomorrow or are you done? I'm done. Whew. Yeah, we were done. We were done that's, by lunch. That's fortunate. Yeah, I kicked ass. Stretching a, a long commute trial multiple days would have been, but. And, and you know, it's, it's uh, the type of law where the, the loser gets hurt in a meaningful way with a hammer and it's, it's a very very old school <laughs> um and so at at the end of arguments the judge um sort of encouraged uh, and very very neutrally not not sort of revealing not showing his cards per se but definitely hinting that I had won by a lot and encouraging the defendant to try to work something out. Uh, Take a deal. Yes, exactly. Which is kind of a good feeling. And because of the type of law I do uh, often, it allowed me to sort of do a good thing, like a good human thing. So I, I A, won, and that B... Humanity won. Humanity won. That's right. So it was like, that was kind of nice. Nice. You also and, did a fun thing this weekend. Oh, I did do a fun thing this weekend. I, I went and played Old McDonald at Bandon Dunes, which is, you know, it always changes. But I think depending on what publication you're looking at, like the a top 50 golf course in the country, top 100 in the world. Fantastic. In one of the worst places on earth. It's, <laughs> it's beautiful there, but you don't yeah. want to be there. Yeah, no, it's kind of a weird place. Uh the the Oregon coast is there's no sort of we don't have a luxury coast no not by a long shot uh, it, well and I think a lot of places you've got you've got like a blend of sort of coasty and luxury and I don't think I mean there's certain places that certainly are are a little hoity-toity but there's no sort of but they're surrounded by meth dens right <laughs> and I don't really think that there's any I mean seaside's got like a trend west you know yeah. like there's no resort no. anywhere on the oregon coast that i can think of no everyone gets beach houses because it's not a place you really go to like beach yeah we have the coast right. people really deliberately right. call it the oregon coast mm. people say i'm gonna go to the beach today they say we're gonna go to the coast today because it's really just ocean crashing into the earth right there's beach in the fact that there's sand and marine life there's not really sun or warm water definitely never there's never warm water but there's i mean it can get warm but yeah i mean when there when it's warm like a 60 degree day on the coast you're just like you're melting hot you think yeah. you're gonna die it doesn't make sense yeah 
yeah so uh that was really cool i mean but for sure the nicest i played some nice courses uh but that was like just a totally different level of you know it's really stoic but but also not not pretentious uh it, it's really you know nobody's nobody's wearing golf gear everybody's sort of casual the people in the clubhouse are really chill um you know well they don't have to fake it anymore they made it yeah they're there uh the one thing i will say so i think that the bandon dunes resort is probably the best golf resort you know pure golf resort in the country so they've got you know six courses now uh four of them are top 100 courses um i i don't think that there's another place with that much good golf uh, i think it is i don't know i think it's it's almost inarguably the best golf resort in the country uh, until you get to amenities right there's like the american club and there's some other places that have a similar level of golf maybe not quite there but then also have you know a spa and five-star restaurant and exactly so you you don't know meth dens that's right <laughs> you but they a lot of them also have alligators so it's trade-offs right like <laughs> <laughs> you don't get any of that stuff abandoned um they they've just in the last handful of years started installing some condos which are i'm sure lovely uh but yeah it was fun man it was so cool i mean just you know so it, it's it's a scottish style links course so you know, you're in these really beautiful, you're in this beautiful sort of sand dune complex and there's all these crazy, I mean, he, the biggest bunkers you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and they're all sort of built out with train ties. I mean, it's just, it's bizarre uh, and, and amazing and beautiful and s something that I'll, I'll hold on to. I mean, it's what, two and a half hours away off to get out there again. Yeah, it's not, it's not a miserable. Totally time. worth it. And, and it's not a crazy amount of money. I mean, I think it's it's like anything else if you're if you're buying your first watch and someone tells you oh, well, you know you, you should look at a 700 dollars watch you're gonna be like what the fuck you know so this was like a hundred bucks for for 18 holes and i think someone who's that seems pretty reasonable uh, yeah i yeah. think someone who maybe doesn't golf or just plays muni courses or whatever might be like god damn but i mean really a hundred bucks for I mean, you're gonna spend 50 bucks for your your local municipal course and a and a cat or yeah, a, not a caddy but a, a, a cart yeah that's right so uh pretty pretty cool man just a great experience and i know not everybody not everybody at home is in love with golf so i will i'll stop yeah, it there. shut up everett <laughs> how, how was your weekend it's good it's coming to a close we uh we just kind of laid low like we did our thing we putzed around the house we got the christmas decorations up all my lights are up oh yeah yeah all we did the, that too uh, so we've started a tradition since we bought our house. We buy a new inflatable Christmas like yard decoration mm -hmm. every year. Mm -hmm. So we added another Christmas decoration this year. And it's this very ceremonious event where I get it all set up and plug it in while everyone's watching. And then it goes and it's really anticlimactic as it just kind of like slowly fills up while the fans whirring in there. And then it just is standing and we're like, oh, cool. But the kid loves it. So <laughs> that's what matters. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. We had some good friends over for Thanksgiving. That was fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, was it? It was you. Oh, yeah. No, it was me. <laughs> yeah, we had Thanksgiving together. I guess it that was just last Thursday. That yeah, it feels a lot like has happened in the last five days. Years ago. Uh, yeah, it's well. I gave us a long weekend. I guess. Um, well, we got an eleven foot Christmas tree. You did. It's lovely. It's eleven feet tall. Yeah, it should be. I, you have the ceilings for it. 
yeah you gotta really you gotta really capitalize on that while you got the big ass ceiling yeah you know and i think anything shorter looks is gonna look weird in that space too yeah yeah so yeah you'd have to put it in like a closet right to keep the ceiling low <laughs> put it in the kitchen yeah so we got the biggest christmas tree on earth mm-hmm. and, well, and it's no. it, it's not the biggest christmas tree on earth. also you have you have space for more yeah oh yeah there you could easily go so i think that's you could 11. do like an 18 foot no yeah i could do 13 in there though i mean we're we're closer to the ceiling than you think are you yeah yeah so we, two, two more feet would be getting close to the ceiling so mm-hmm. and it's a noble fir right so i, I like a noble fir i know a lot of people like doug fir uh doug fir is too like too full i like that kind of sparse charlie brown look uh but still it's a noble fir and it took uh it ate 1700 lights mm. which is crazy that's a lot of lights. It's a lot. Of light. <laughs> and it doesn't look overlit. No, it's not. I mean, it's sparsely lit. Yeah. 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 God love that tall tree. I want a tall ceiling like that. Like it, just for Christmas time. That's right. <laughs> not for heating, not for cooling. I want to just get like an expandable ceiling, like a pop-up for Christmas. <laughs> like a van again. Yeah. And then and then just closes back down that's right. during the rest of the year. That's right. You you could like retrofit some like Volkswagen travel camper roof onto your house we're onto something here <laughs> so we're gonna do we're gonna do uh uh we are gonna talk about watches sort of kind of uh we're gonna do our christmas lists and i know that, that this is gonna be the kind of year where you're gonna see a lot of this uh please 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 feel free to ignore all the rests we have the one you need it's right here yeah just stop just stop listen to this and then stop yeah you don't need to listen i mean whatever you can listen to other people but our list is the most comprehensive and best we're not going to tell you what to do we well we are we're doing it yeah that's how we spend an hour and some change every week telling people what to do should we get started i think we should so this list is kind of all over the place it's nothing specific there's no watches on this list no because what we wanted to do was Create a list of, of things that we would like, but also good ideas for the watch people in your life. Yes, exactly. The 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 watch and other stuff people. Yeah, uh, watch people or other stuff people. I think That's those right. I think those two things go hand in hand. Uh, other things people. Uh, so our first our first choice, and this one should be no surprise. This is the most sort of easy. Uh, I think the most easy thing on our list, but uh, a new leather strap. From. <laughs> and we've got two companies that we're going to, what, spotlight? Yeah. Two companies that we're going to spotlight. One of those is an Oregon company. Mm-hmm. So obligated. Uh, and obligated. even though, I mean, they're, they're putting out some pretty good products, so we can also stand by and, it. And, and not just an Oregon company, but, but even, even more than that, uh, a, friend, a friend of mine, they don't pay us. They don't like me. So don't worry about that. That's right. Well, you you've never met them. Right? He wouldn't like me though. He would. Everybody likes you. Cascadia Strap Company. So I actually own one of their charcoal pebbled calfskin straps. Uh, you it's know, a mouthful. It, so these are fifty dollars straps. Mm-hmm. They're extremely well made. They're really really attractive. Uh, and they've got some other stuff too. They've got quite a bit of stuff on their website. Stuff that I probably wouldn't wear. They've got a lot of stingray. They've got a lot of croc. Um, everything's made overseas, I'm sure. Uh, but they're just really well done. They feel good. They look good. I've got that pebble grain. I've got that pebble grain on, um, that Victorinox, that Victorinox. Oh, yeah. 
7750 chronograph and it just looks it looks killer i can wear it with a suit the, the 7750 is a little a little chunky yeah, she's uh, but thick. i do wear it with suit frequently so and, and it and it just plays really well it's it's a casual strap but because of the leather it looks really good another brand and you and i don't have any personal experience will and mike do though but will will uh the editor the editor-in-chief will and mike razak daddy daddy and mike razak i take your pick on yeah <laughs> Uh, they both really recommend and, and have had good experience with D-Lugs. Uh, and, and I am not familiar with this company, and I actually had to kind of grill Mike on it. They've been rampaging on D-Lugs the last, like, two weeks. Th- they have. Rampaging in a good way. Like, exactly. I, I, I wake up and look through the 200 text messages, and I see D-Lugs right. several times. <laughs> and so, I, you know, I was kind of pushing Mike on it, and he says, gosh, the, the quality of these is going to be probably slightly better than Cascadia um they're handmade hand stamped uh you know hand hand cut hand Mm -hmm. hand sewn um and just really sort of next level quality and in a package for you know anywhere from 80 to 140 so a a little bit nicer strap so it's kind of a budget thing right a good variety too yeah that's right And, and a great variety and they've got some customization options so i played around with that a little bit and you've got the ability to really to kind of make the strap you want in the leather you want, in the colors you want. So um, an alternative to something like EAA, you know, Eric makes really killer straps, makes them by all by hand mm-hmm. in in his home in St. Louis um, and, and, and just puts out a killer product. This is going to be probably more of a commercial product. It's going to look more commercial, um, perhaps a little bit, a, a little bit neater finishing because it's not hand cut. Mm-hmm. Um you're going to pay a heck of a lot more than you will with Eric too. So, so some you're also going to lose that charm. You're going to miss on that that That's right. just just slight imperfection of totally handmade charm. And you get what you get, right? Yeah. They're not hand dyeing anything. They've got the leather that's on the website. They've got the stitching color on the website. So a little bit different experience. Uh, but yeah, so a new leather strap. I think that that's maybe the most obvious Christmas gift you could get someone in your life. Yeah. Probably in twenty millimeters. Just, just guessing. Yeah, unless they're like a, a only Seiko dive watch lover or something, right? Then it's twenty two all day. Yeah. <laughs> or you could really fuck with them and get a nineteen. What do you got? What's your first one? Ooh, first up for me. Uh, I don't know. You have the list. Yeah, it's it's right there. I put it in front of you it's... before I asked you what your. Do you want me to say it? Oh no, I know what it is. A Mora knife. So, we're really professional. Uh, so Mora knives. M O R A K N I V. Mora knife. Yeah, I think it's Mork Niv. Mork Niv. Yeah. Uh, so we've talked about these a couple times on the show. Yes. They are super inexpensive. Fifteen bucks for for what i have so right here the i have the four four point one inch black handle black uh hard plastic sheath fifteen dollars sixty three cents yeah i mean they're basically free yeah they're basically free it makes no sense how how inexpensive they are and i worked on my uh on my roadkill sausage using the mora it worked great held the edge really well it's got a uh unusually large grip Mm-hmm. for a blade of that length mm-hmm. so you get the full purchase like you're working with a chef's knife or or a larger blade 
but you're only you got you're working with a four inch utility knife with a full gripped handle you, super comfortable like you can really get some leverage on it this is the kind of knife that i feel comfortable prying on things with yeah it, it's a, it's like a true utility product mm-hmm. i think that they would be i think at two times as much money they would be every bit as popular as they are now it, i mean mm-hmm. the the margins on these things are are tight i assume be, but they just they sell a ton you know and all the edcers love them mm-hmm. all of the all of the outdoor guys love them um they i think that most of these knives are coming with a scandy grind yep all scandy grind um i'm sure there's some in their catalog that are not but they're their go-to like, like their 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 coke is scandy grind uh, and they use a different steel than high carbon. They use um, it's the steel they use. Yeah, it's a sta- it's stain. They're stainless, right? I mean, they don't. I don't think they have a carbon uh, a high carbon. They they use twelve C twenty seven stainless steel. Yeah, uh, which is slightly just different, right? Like most everyone uses slightly different steel, but you're seeing high carbon as a really really popular material you, you know the the thing about a scandy a scandy grind especially in a hard steel like that is you're gonna it's gonna hold an edge really good mm-hmm. i assume they're gonna be a little bit harder to sharpen uh because a you're you're having to sharpen on that scandy grind but mm-hmm. it's the angle set for you 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 don't have to futz around with angles yeah you just you just grind straight on that scandy mm-hmm. um yeah no I, th- I think they're super cool and they're i mean it's almost like you don't don't sharpen it like use it until it doesn't cut shit yeah. anymore and then get rid of and it and then just throw it away or you can learn to sharpen on something that's already thrashed yeah that's right cuz there's a there's there's a technique in sharpening a blade but and it's it's going to be really different with a scandy grind versus a, a beveled edge but uh if you're if you're one who who wants to learn that get a $15 knife fuck it up for fun and then put it to a stone yeah Gosh, I I actually want to get some stones. I want to get some some serious Japanese stones, but the investment's kind of high. Yeah, I have a I have a <clears throat> a handful of not really serious ones, and that's kind of on my list of soon to gets. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, just get a set of like, you know, you're you're investing what four hundred bucks probably for a set, but mm-hmm. which seems like a lot, but then you'll have them forever. And I mean, yeah, but. You're going to invest that much in the way of kitchen knives over your, your lifetime, probably, too. Not me. I buy cheap kitchen knives. Yeah, but you also, they, you go through them pretty quickly as a result. How many, not how, not how true. Often you, how often do you buy them? Not true. I've had the same Sandy Safe, Dexter Russell Sandy Safe, that green-handled one, for 10 years. Wow. And it cuts it cuts fantastic still. Yeah. Because okay. I, keep, I keep it sharp. I just have a cheap whetstone right now. but yeah. That's what I use, just a cheap whetstone. Yeah. Uh, I've got a fun one. Oh, and this is kind of different. And, and and actually, this is something I might buy. Uh, Will mentioned that Worn and Wound has some wall clocks on their website, and I went and looked, and they've got a they've got a handful of wall clocks made by Marathon, made by Marathon, and uh, these clocks are kind of silly, right? It's it's just a simple, clean wall clock, but by a legit company, they're eighty bucks. Um, I thought, gosh, man, that's cool. 12 inches. It's a smooth sweep quartz movement, uh, but still a smooth sweep quartz movement. 
it's got like an auto not night light so when it's dark it oh, comes that's on cool yeah that's re- it seems like it's very bright it takes c batteries and double a batteries because it powers the the light and the the uh movements separately. you know that that tracks from uh a product made by marathon yeah that, Canadians. That that makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> I thought, gosh, this would be cool. I mean, if you're if you're buying someone for a watch person in your life, they're gonna love it. They're gonna find somewhere to put it, mm-hmm. and they're gonna love it. I have a Gabox wall clock hanging in my kitchen, <clears throat> which is really cool. Yeah, it's super cool. Also, smooth sweet quartz, uh, quartz, but just a single AA battery, no backlight. But I think those are like sixty five bucks, right in that neighborhood. But a wall clock for when you don't need to be wearing a watch. That's or right. for your office. Everyone, like, well, not everyone has an office anymore. Most people had an office. Right. <laughs> uh, but now there's some place in your house. There's a room in your house that you can do with a wall clock. Yeah, the bathroom, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I have a dead wall clock in my bathroom. <laughs> not a marathon or a Gavox, I assume. No, yeah. no. It's just like a Target special. So this next one, this made... Both this, of our lists. This, this made both of our lists. Identical thing made both of our lists. <clears throat> and that is the, uh, well, it, it's a spring bar tool is what it is. Bergeon. And we've talked about this on the show before. Bergeon is uh, one of these companies. Sorry, go ahead. Bergeon. It's one of these companies that makes just really high-end shit. They make everything that you get in an eBay kit, but better. Right? Yeah. But you're also paying for one tool at the price of said eBay kit. That's right. And so I think for a lot of the stuff that comes in that eBay kit, you probably don't need the the version from... Bergeon? Bergeon. Uh, you, you just need... You do need the 19 millimeter <coughs> spring bars, though. You do... You, <laughs> you, you do need... Uh, a nice spring bar tool. We, you know, we've talked about this. The cheap spring bar tools suck. I went through probably four of them before I finally <coughs> was like, God, I'll fucking do it and spent the $15 on the good tool. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. You know, I've got two, two Bergeon spring bar tools. One of them is actually the Bergeon tool, the 6767F. That's mm-hmm. the one you want. The 6767-F tip that's got the smaller the more fine tips uh the standard 6767 has the big flat blade tips um i've got one of these where the body is that bergeon body i've got another one that's a hand turned buckeye burl stabilized buckeye burl with with inserts for the bergeon 6767 tips um it's 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 nice it's different it was a luxury i bought it from buying on time and I think he procures them from the dude who makes them. Um, I can't remember how much it was. Too much money. But it was like one of these things I saw it and I was like, got to have that. And I use those things all the time. And the tips hold up really well. That's the thing is the tips hold up. Yeah. I, all the cheap ones, the the first or second time you use them, you're starting to to bend back the teeth yeah. on those tools. And number one, they're going to be less effective. Yeah. Number two, they're going to cause damage to your watch. Yeah. And because they're less effective, you're going to do more damage to your watch. And then also the palm of your hand. <laughs> it's a compounding thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, the tips aren't hardened or, or if they are hardened, they're poorly hardened. And so they break. In fact, or they seem softened. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think Kaz referred to them as being made by uh, made with the broken teeth of orphans. <laughs> At that like that uh, comment just re- resonated as I was using one with like just snaggle tooth. I was like, I'm never gonna get this off, and I broke the spring bar, and it was a whole thing, and stabbed my hand. I'm like, all right, well. <laughs> Dude, I have lesson put, learned. I have put a spring bar tool like a solid three millimeters into my hand. Yeah, I've, on I've multiple occasions. I've penetrated true penetration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think it's the kind of thing. Even if even if the person you're buying for has one, it's the kind of thing. It's just a fun, uh, usable, practical tool. And, and if they don't have one, even better because they're going to get their hands on it. And, and you just the knurling, right? You put your fingers mm-hmm. on the knurling, and you're like, oh yeah. I've now got a quality. I've now got a quality tool in my hands. So if you are going to buy that, though, if you are going to buy a strap, also do buy that. Unless you're very familiar with your uh, recipient's watch collection. And I will say, I think both D-Lugs and Cascadia at this point are selling quick release straps. I love quick release straps. You know, it's I got pretty a, neat. I got a mesh, uh, just a cheap as shit. Uh, that's the brand name, by the way. Uh, just a cheap as shit mesh bracelet because I found I wasn't wearing my recraft at all because I couldn't find a strap I liked on it. So I got mesh and it came with quick release lugs. Number one, really dug that. Number two, it, it's money on mesh. That, that watch is going to get worn. I'm going to get a nice mesh now. Go go spend a little bit of money on yeah. a mesh. Yeah. Uncle Seiko or something. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it looks good too. I mean, the mesh just wears well on that watch. It's like the seventies. It just it matches the whole feel. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, but the my point was the quick release, and I've I've heard people voice concerns of, oh, what if it quick releases? What if your spring bar quick releases? Like, it it doesn't seem any less secure to me than a spring bar. No, I I don't think it's I don't think it's less secure. I, I have the concern that the spring bar breaks. You, you know, the spring... It, it wears out. And, and they wear out. There's and, replacements available. Yeah, I think it would be hard to fit it. I don't know. I've never tried. But that that's my initial thought is, okay, I've got this $100 leather strap on a quick release. If the spring bar breaks, how how much of a pain in the dick is it going to be to fit a new... I guess you could just pull it and put a regular spring bar in there at that point. But yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Okay, so modern conveniences. We talked about a couple rubber straps, and you had said, "Let's talk about the Barton silicone." And I said, "Oh my gosh, we've talked about. We can't that talk about it anymore. So many times. It's a fantastic strap. Move on, Andrew. I won't. I I bought one recently. BNR Bands has an FKM rubber strap mm-hmm. that uh, several of us watch clicker folks have experience with. Um, it's it's an FKM rubber, so it's. You know, I think the thing about FKM rubber is it's not a quote unquote true rubber, an MBR. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's got slightly different properties. I think FKM's got um, some industrial properties that make it make it unique and preferable, frankly, to silicone and and to most other rubbers in the, in watch straps specifically yeah i mean i think there's still something to be said for mbr in terms of watch straps but the fkm um i I, the the only complaint i've ever heard about fkm is that it's a little bit uh flimsy perhaps but it it just the texture it's not gushy but it's um it's supple it's supple i I mean in terms of rubber straps i've had everything from 
like really terrible Casio straps that I've worn very happily. Rotted right off your wrist. <laughs> to, you know, really, really very soft, comfortable silicone straps. Um, I think FKM strikes the perfect balance for me because mm-hmm. it's it's not silicone, so you're not going to get the dust uh, attraction. It's going to stay clean, um, but it also f- is soft and supple and really comfortable, easy to wear. I'm a big fan. It has all the benefits of silicone and none of the downsides. It's just it it is a material upgrade to me. Y- yeah, I would say it's not quite as soft as silicone. That that's my estimate, but. Yeah. It's really damn close. And what you lose in softness, you make up for, and it's not getting that uh, that same gunk buildup sure. constantly. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I think I think that FKM, for me, is the ideal material. Although MBR, I, I go back and forth. But yeah, the BNR bands. And Rami, what, what are they ringing in at? 50 that's bucks? It, yeah. 45, something like that. Neighborhood. Sub 60. Sub 60, yeah. indeed. Indeed. So that's not cheap. I also know that on Alley, if you're into that sort of thing, AliExpress, you can pick up FKM, legit FKM rubber straps for like 12 bucks or eight bucks or something like that. So if you're into that game, you can get probably this strap. Just not with the logo on it yet? Without the logo on AliExpress. I, I tend not to do that. I've never purchased from there. I've got some I've got some philosophical reasons right or wrong for not doing that. Um for not purchasing from Ali. I think I think that what AliExpress does a lot of times and and it's not Ali, it's the it's the folks that sell through AliExpress. Um it is we, we see a lot of companies sort of doing R&D design and and, and even worse in some cases, you you know uh, companies like Blue Shark that are actually doing R&D and developing, um, putting in money to develop nylons. And then the the companies who make those, which are almost, uh, almost inevitably in Asia, um, are then taking these developed proprietary products and selling them on AliExpress for quite a bit less than the company that did the R&D. Uh, that just sounds like good capitalism right there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that there is an argument, sort of buyer, a, a sort of buyer beware argument that, well, yeah, if you're going to go to Northern China and develop a product and then have somebody make it in Northern China, you're sort of asking for that kind of treatment unless you have a really good relationship. Um, But I, I think as consumers we have to decide what we're going to buy and who we're going to buy from. So it's been my decision to not do that. But I commend you. I don't judge other people. I, on the other hand, will be buying a dozen in every color. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, I think a good rubber strap. And I think if you're going to buy, if you're buying a gift, you buy someone a good rubber strap. I think that's a good one. I think think so, too. Yeah. Because a rubber strap looks good on every watch you own. It it really does. You know, I, I don't have anything really dressy. Um, and I think that there might be the no, 1963 wouldn't look good with a rubber strap on it because of those long lugs. It also yeah, looks right. really, really lame without a crystal. <laughs> <laughs> did I did drop my 1963 and break the crystal? Yeah, that's so impressive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what did you drop it on? Concrete floor, garage floor. Does not seem like it would have done that amount of damage. 
It still ticks too. I mean, it still runs. You'd think that the the movement goes before the the dome sapphire or, or the the dome acrylic. You, you would. Those st nineteen movements are are not the most robust. Uh, but yeah, it still it still runs just fine. How about that? But the crystal, it must have just hit right on. You know, it's like a a box sapphire or mm. a box acrylic in that thing, and that's so it must have just hit at a perfectly uh, bad angle. It looked like you dropped it on some kind of like molten like conglomeration of gravel well you know the nice thing about the nice it didn't i mean there's no scratches it was just a clean hit and it just straight crack across one of the edges and the crystal popped out the retainer ring and everything just sort of popped out um but the nice thing about acrylic is there's no shards yeah it's two pieces of plastic it's not shattered you tried super glue on it well, no, I, I actually probably could, um, but no, I just ordered a new one. I just got a new one, <laughs> which should be here. I don't know when. Someday. Someday. Straight, straight from, straight from, uh, straight from Hong Kong. So next up. Next up. This is, uh, this is an interesting one. You, you sort of, you fought yeah, for this one. I, I did have to fight for this, it. and I'm, and I'm going to continue to fight for this. I think cheapest NATO straps is. It serves a, a very real purpose in the watch strap buying world for me. I like to buy straps from Cheap as NATO when I'm experimenting with a new style of strap. Especially when they run their sales where you can get straps for $3. So I got from them a couple elastic straps. Uh, just a single pass through elastics. I got, what else did I get? I got a tropic strap and I got two paratrooper straps and they, so, so they're different than, than the paratrooper straps that, that you're going to see with, um, what you're missing in theirs is typically your paratrooper strap is a single, single piece pass through, right? But it doubles back on itself to adjust the length. Mm -hmm. This you double back through it. It doubles back through itself on the single clasp. So you've got kind of a free running end of elastic. Yeah. And then that clasp also serves as the buckle. But because number one, it was $3. And number two, I wanted to try some paratrooper straps and I wanted to experiment, do a little bit of experimentation. And I learned a couple things. Number one, next paratrooper strap I'm going to get, I want it to double back on itself and secure, not just have a free running end of elastic. Sure. But I also learned that I don't hate this strap, even with that one little oddity. It's acceptably comfortable. It's elastic, so you can only elastic can only get so comfortable. But I also really dig the paratrooper strap look. Yeah, and that being just kind of cheaply made, I feel feel like adds a little bit of charm to that style of strap. So, sure. I, and and I'll pull them up right now. They are normally without that sale. It's like sixteen bucks or something. Seven ninety five right now. On the uh, <laughs> cheapest NATO straps website. And they've got, you know, 30 colors. To, well, more than that. 81 colors to choose from. Jesus. You, you know, our friend Pete, uh, chilling with watches, uh, did a rundown of the various paratrooper style straps on his YouTube channel. And if you're in the market, it's worth a look. He talks about the cheapest NATO straps. And there's a functional difference the way they attach, mm -hmm. which you which you just referenced. Not well. His video will do a much better job than my my word description. <laughs> and it's a video, too, so you get to see him. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it's obvious. Okay. Uh, I've sort of uh, picked my pony with the elastic straps with the Makey style straps. Oh, yeah. Those I, are money. I really like Nick and uh, as, as, a, as, a, as a person, Nick Makey. Uh, and, and I think his straps are great. There's, there's one functional difference about the Mankey straps that I really like, which is that they don't travel underneath the watch at all. So the watch there's sits, there, yeah. sits against your skin. Um, but I will say this when I haven't had one of those on my watch for a month or two months and I go to put it back on, I have to go to the website and look at how to do it every time. Oh, I'm that way with, uh, the Zulu alpha. Yes, that's right. I'm like, oh, God, how did this work again? It's not the most intuitive. Uh, the Makey straps are not the most intuitive straps. Uh, it's Once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I've got to put it through the thing and then back through the thing. And okay, yeah, I know I got it now. But You got to shake and twist. And... That's right. <laughs> um, you, you know, once you're there, it's fine, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you push the thing through, push the loop through the thing, push the hook through the loop. And Do the hokey pokey. Do the hokey pokey, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, and, and and the nice thing about those straps are once you have them on, I don't know if this is true for the Erica's original or or uh, they're on my list. The cheapest NATO yeah. or 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 any of these other options. I don't know if it's true, but with the Mankey strap, I do not have to unhook it. I think that probably it all that does is decrease its lifespan. Not unhooking it. Yeah, I think that's the only reason people would unhook it preserving the life of the so elastic. you're not you're not stretching it yeah, yeah. uh and and i get the, my take my feel is that that fabric is is totally fine for for stretching as often as i'm wearing these watches for probably a very long time but i would think so um yeah no that's i don't even unhook it i just sort of slip it on and off i mean literally like you would pajamas or slippers i mean it, it's like wearing jammies pajama strap. and i stand by it that's the first the first strap that i've ever put on a speedmaster with where the speedmaster felt right yeah that's right i wonder how it'd feel on the lunar pilot i bet perfect get like you a should bl- get a lunar get pilot. like a black pvd yeah and a, with a, and black, a black pvd manky a, a black manky yeah yeah you should do that i should all right so you got just, you got another just, one here I just struggle because they're so big the yeah well the first time i put it on i was just so i was heartbroken it was just it, it was just it was too big. I think you just have to commit to it. I think with a big watch, especially for guys like us that have sort of dainty, really gravitated towards smaller watches. I think when when you wear your bigger, you know, I've I've talked about this a number of times, but I have that Casio AMW, mm-hmm. um, and it's a big watch. It's 45, 45 millimeters, and I put it on these days, and it doesn't even occur to me that it's big. It's just I've committed to that watch. I love that watch. I think you just have to do that. You just have to commit to it being a big fucking watch. Something I learned. And owning that. And I I hate is that they have different cases for their sold on a bracelet and sold on not a bracelet. Yes. That's so fucking dumb. That's right. I wouldn't. The lug holes are in a different position. I would not buy a watch that comes on a bracelet without a bracelet. Right? Like, I wouldn't go buy the bracelet second. But I also don't want to buy one secondhand and and have the person have been like, oh yeah, no, I just I don't have the bracelet for it, and then get it and get a bracelet and be like, oh, this is that's not why you don't have a bracelet version. for it is because a bracelet doesn't come with this, yeah, dickhead. Yeah, no, that's a weird that's a weird thing. So we we learned recently. I, I don't know if we've talked. We haven't talked about this on the show, right? I don't think so. Mike and 
Will and I were talking about it because Mike has one. He has the non-bracelet version. The lug holes on the lunar pilot, the, aka the lunar lander, the lug holes are in a different location if you have a sold with bracelet or or sold off, you know, on mm-hmm. strap version. So something to note if you're buying one. I never would have made that connection looking at the different model numbers. I just would have assumed, oh, it's a slightly different model. Yeah, that's right. And no, it's a very different model, and it's important. Next up, not watch-related, though it's a battery. I, I, w- I would argue, I would assume that everyone listening to the show has at least one thing. Uh, that most of the folks listening to the show have one or more things. And if you have one thing, you have multiple that use CR123 batteries. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the CR123, they are little stubbies. They're about the diameter of a double A, a little bit thicker, and half again as tall, you think? About half of double A? Yeah, maybe, yeah, uh, not half. I would say they're two-thirds. They're, two-thirds they're scaled the down D-cell batteries. Yes, that's right. And just right. they're they're just they look like cans of soup, like a half half of a C cell. Yeah, and it's they're stupid. They're super powerful. They go in things like flashlights and flashlights, <laughs> primarily flashlights, and other varietals of flashlights. Yes, primarily flashlights. Uh, in my line of work, I go through bags of them. Like yeah. I I go through, I probably go through six a month. Mm-hmm. They don't. I don't fully exhaust them, but when they start to lose their edge, I just swap them out. Yeah. Uh, I I go through I go through a handful a month month in the winter when I'm running at, mm-hmm. in the dark often. And you run your light on low power, the whole like the duration of your run, right? It depends. It depends on mm-hmm. where I am. If if I'm on the if if I'm trying to be seen, I just have it on low power. If I'm trying to see, I'll run it on higher power. Yeah. So, flashlights. Almost exclusively use CR123s. I can't think of a single thing that I've come across that uses that's not a flashlight or something of that ilk. That's right. Um, they're great batteries, but they're hard to find. Mm-hmm. You can get a 24-pack, did I say? No, a 12-pack. 12-pack. So you can get either a Surefire brand or a Streamlight brand for between 20 and 25 bucks. So if you or your watch person... Or if you just need CR123s. I never thought to go to the Amazon forum. Because I, I, I have just always been in a place in my life where they were... Buy them at Cabela's or whatever. No, they were free to me. Oh, yeah. They sure. were, I always have used them in a professional capacity. Sure. Uh, but for those of you who don't have just access to bins of them and still use these batteries, 20 bucks, 25 bucks on the Amazon, you get 12 of them delivered to your door and you're good for six months. Yeah, that's right. And that's a great deal. Uh... Because I think I'm paying like I'll buy a four pack for ten or fifteen. So at like Costco. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's a great deal. Yeah, check them out. And for those of you who who don't, maybe upgrade your flashlight game. Yeah, you know, I think that having a, a really nice flashlight is something that everybody should have. We've talked about a handful of flashlights here. We have. I'm still a huge proponent of the Streamlight Polytech. That's what I carry at work now. Uh, I just, I adjusted the way I carry my lights. And so that's what I use at work. Um, but I, I still use the shit out of that Surefire. Yeah. So, so l- last item on our list, last item on our list, uh, that you brought this up and I thought, gosh, that's a great idea. So this <coughs> is, we've gone from 
the seventh item on our list being the most practical thing to the eighth item on our list being the least practical thing. Perhaps. Perhaps. An art of virology print. Yeah. They're 18 euros. So that comes out to, I wanted to say like 21 bucks, 25, 30 bucks. bucks, something like you're going to pay for shipping. Yeah. But you're going to pay for shipping and the package is going to be lovingly packed by Claire, our good friend, our good yes. friends, Liam and Claire. Uh, I, I understand Claire is still doing all, the all, packaging. Of, all of the packaging. Just just hand jamming them all out. Um, but these are terrific. They've got a great lineup on the website right now. But if you're willing to pay more than the 20 money, uh, they do custom prints. That's something that uh, I, I've kicked around several times of of a of a custom print from them. I just have never pulled the trigger on it. But they're not custom prints. They're just stock inventory right now consists of... Um, I really like that ghosty SKX they do. Yeah, so they've got they've got a a, a Rolex GMT with a faded Pepsi bezel. Uh, they've got a Speedmaster Pro black on black. They've got a Cosmograph Daytona. They've got a cool uh, Speedmaster Apollo thirteen kind of uh, kind of dark side of the moon like Pink Floydy color scheme. Um, Speedmaster front and back. Paul Newman Daytona, a GMT Master, an Explorer, Seamaster 300, all, all, Speedmaster all the, Pro, all the greatest 007, hits, basically. and then a Nautilus. Oh, and they just released a, it just says watch, and then beneath it is a sub 114.060. I really like, they've got Ooh. a F91, Ooh. they've got an F91W print. It's like, and it's like semi-colored, yeah. They've also got a really... And it costs like... It costs like $8 more than an actual F91W. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they've also got a, a Grand Seiko SBGH267. That is really good. It looks like a rendering of it. Yeah, some of their art's really good. They do everything. All their from, art's really good, but some of it's like, to, yeah. yeah. Some of it looks like renderings of the actual thing, like they stole it somehow. They've got a big block. i got some good shit on here right now. So, yeah, check them out. And they don't. They're not all eighteen money. Some of them are fifteen euros. They've got so a, like they've got an et- money. Etsy shop too, where you can pay in U.S. dollars, and I think probably get better shipping prices too. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, I just went right to their website. They've also got T-shirts, hats. You know, the typical oh. lineup of all sorts of shit. Yeah, if you want watch swag. Yeah, if you want watch swag. Um. Well, that's all we got for the Christmas list. It is, in fact. Uh, I I did. In fact, bring another thing. I, I know that our whole entire episode this week was other things. It's just like. it's all other things. But I brought a, 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 a another thing that you don't have to purchase, and you probably can't practically give anyone for Christmas. It's a podcast, mm. and it's called "You're Wrong About." Have you heard about this? No, but I like the idea. So this is um, a couple of journalists that make this guy and a gal. Um, I think he writes for HuffPost and she's written for a number of different publications. I, I've listened to a number of these episodes and she says I write for and that has changed over the time. So, so she getting fired a lot or? I think probably freelancing. Oh. And, um, but they're, they're writers primarily, investigative journalist type writers. <coughs> and the whole premise of the show is to sort of deep dive into things that have happened uh primarily united states 
uh, history events. So I've listened to their Challenger episode. I've listened to their Exxon Valdez uh, episode. I've listened to their Jim Jones episode. Uh, I've listened to, I think, 10 of these things now. And, uh, you, you know, it's it sort of got a stuff you should know vibe to it where it's just a couple of folks kind of like us right a couple of folks that are are not audio professionals the editing on it is very limited uh they're really just talking and they're joking and you can hear their personalities and uh they occasionally do interviews they'll bring experts on and do interviews um but but all with the same theme to sort of unpack a story and they've done a couple of longer series as well they've done i think they did a two-part on tanya harding um they did they've done like a four or five part on the oj simpson trials uh so and and the premise of the show is this thing that you think you know about that you actually don't know that much about or 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 that the story is a lot different than the popular uh narrative because the story came out for years after the incident when the initial headlines broke and everyone remembers the headlines they don't remember the years and years of analysis that goes into it on the after side yeah well i will say that's maybe part of it um is that sort of we're able to monday money monday morning quarterback this stuff a little bit uh i think the other part and this is the part of the show um that i thought was interesting both of these both these guys are um pretty verbal about it's always capitalism capitalism is always the bad guy uh and 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 i think that's fine it's it, capitalism is a is an easy target right um, oh yeah but i don't think that they're 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 not um advocating for socialism or communism or some other thing uh so there's this element of capitalism is in and of itself problematic but but they're not advocating for something uh more nefarious or 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 even different perhaps but it's this really i think the biggest takeaway for me was every time you look at how the sausage is made it's really sort of depressing you know the show it's not depressing it's very lighthearted and um the presentation is is fun and funny and comedic even at times but you, you you sort of get into this and it's it there's this element of like oh my gosh we're totally screwed because every time they unpack it unpack an event like the challenger um the challenger space shuttle explosion mm-hmm. right it, it's like gosh there was maybe just no way to avoid this right it's this comedy of errors and everybody knows about the o-rings and you know middle managers but but really that's not what happened. That wasn't the problem, you know, or, or, or Exxon Valdez. Everybody knows about the drunk pilot. Well, the, the, the pilot or the captain wasn't even, wasn't even piloting the boat. There was somebody else piloting the boat and, and probably he wasn't drunk until after the crash, you know? Uh, so there's always this story. There's always a, a patsy. There's always a, a real story that's actually got to do with cost cutting measures or, you, you know, bottom line because the first story is always wrong that's right knee-jerk reaction no knee-jerk reaction in the history of humanity has ever been right and 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 i'm always surprised i've been i've been surprised every episode at a how interesting it was you know it's one of those shows where you look at the subject matter and you're like this isn't going to be interesting uh this is going to be boring we'll turn it off if it's boring and it's it hasn't been not once yet has it been boring 
uh, Exxon Valdez. Do I really want to listen to that? Yes, you do. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Jim Jones. I, I didn't think that one was. I, I was sure that one was going to be interesting, and it was even better than I thought. You know, you, like I had no clue that Jim Jones was this like truly, genuinely, honestly altruistic social justice warrior. Like he really actually was. He was also a, a power hungry tweaker <laughs> megalomaniac. But underneath that, underneath all of that, underneath the tweaker megalomaniac murderer, he was this like dude who gained a following by genuinely altruistically fighting for uh, underprivileged, you know, the rights of underprivileged people. And, uh, you know, it's like, Gosh, I had no clue. You know, it's it's really interesting. It, it's a little bit different take on the stuff you should know model. And it's been great. I've just enjoyed every minute of it. Sounds a little more condescending than stuff you should know. I don't think it's... Well, it's, I was going to say... The title is You're Wrong About. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that the idea is perhaps more condescending. Yeah. I, I don't find them to be condescending at all. No, actually. I wouldn't imagine they are. And I don't think they could sustain themselves if they were. But I mean, maybe actually that's not true. It's I challenging, said, right? I it's, said that it's not like, hey, this is interesting. You should learn about it. Versus like, you think you know what's happening, but sweetie, let me tell you. Well, I think there maybe is an element of that as well, which might yeah. rub some people wrong. It, it hasn't rubbed me wrong, you know. No, I think that there rubs you wrong though. Uh, I, I think that <laughs> well, that's that's maybe true. I think that they're both actually really intelligent and 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 trying really hard. So I, I didn't get that feeling, but it maybe they, that might be true for some people. So. Is that it? That's all I got. What do you got, buddy? Uh, so there's a podcast that I don't recall if we've talked about on here or not. And I haven't listened to a ton of episodes, but the episodes I have listened to, I really enjoyed. It's called This Imagined Life. And they're all untitled episodes. The whole premise of this podcast is that they just begin telling you a story. Just a, a biography of a person. And the whole time you're listening to this biography and you're like, who the fuck's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And it's, it's very much in that same vein of like these, these huge public figures who you think you know a shitload about because they've been in the spotlight for their whole life. And these, you know, these really key things have happened in their lives. And you know that part. You're like, you're, oh, I know he went to this school. I know he accomplished this. But it's all these little details. It's, it, they, they put in really good research to have a really well thought out and consumable and, you know, less than an hour long biography on this person at the end, it's always this big reveal and it's, and I am so-and-so and and then there's an achievement list and all kinds of other things, but uh, a really, another really good, super consumable, informative, eye-opening. Who, who makes it? This uh, This Imagine Life. I think it's from Radiolab. I'll have to check it out. It sounds interesting. It sounds like a, a trivia game we play where you've got to name a, a, a person um, and you start with like really obscure clues for 10 points. And then it, you, if you guess it, you get 10. But if you don't know it, you know, Imagine. eight and six and five and four. Um, I don't know. Well, it's fine. Wondry? Hey, are the hosts anyone we would know? I don't remember who they are. I haven't listened to one in a little while, but I was on, I, I was thinking about things today, and I was like, "Oh, this is a this is a, a podcast that I've listened to, not a not a bucket load, but any episodes you want to recommend?" No, I don't want to give any away. Okay, 
I'm not going to give away a single name of people. Yeah, I mean, about. can you identify the episodes? You said they're unnamed, but can you? Uh, so they they come. They, so the names are like there's obviously a, a number associated with it. Uh, so the most recent episode, uh, 45 minutes long, five days ago, the reporter, 12 days ago, the soldier, the shark, the underdog, the pilgrim, the dishwasher, the phoenix, the soloist, the striver. So I'm like, you're not going to get it out of it from just the title. Okay. The misfit. And, the and of those, none of those you want to recommend? Uh, no. Okay. No. Go on your own journey. Go on your own journey. You can go your own way. Yeah. Go your own way. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, anything else you want to add? We are at 57 minutes and 33 seconds. Perhaps our shortest episode. In a very long time in any event. Anything you want to add before we do Agam Up today? Uh, we are going to be launching an OnlyFans this holiday season. So yes. do check us out. Our Christmas list will be on there yeah. on the OnlyFans. Our Amazon wish lists. Yeah. There may even be scrotums on the OnlyFans. You'll never know. You just, you really don't. Hey, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 or at Watch Clicker. Check us out on the website, watchclicker.com. That's where we have all the reviews, all the good stuff. If you want to support Watch Clicker or 40 and 20, you can do so at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get all the money for microphones and hosting and all that good stuff. Outfits for OnlyFans. Don't forget to check us out back. I was so close. Don't forget to check us out next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. <laughs>